0: you know, when you take them to the chicken stall, you get Mm. all the chicken feet, you know, all standing up. Uh And to them, that is a very unique scene because they don't see chicken feet like that in their supermarkets or markets back
1: then. You're listening to Foodie Canteen. I'm your host, Castle Lim. In this podcast, I sit down with Southeast Asia's leaders, entrepreneurs, and content creators in the F&B space. This is where you'll learn about their trade secrets, or maybe you'll just find them as your next-door neighbor. This show is supported by Good Foodie Media. For foodies who want to connect to the world through food, they create the best spots to eat and drink in Malaysia, Bangkok, and Singapore. Check them out on Instagram for more. At 68 years old, Melba Nunes is a Malaysian kristang chef and award-winning cookbook author and in many ways, the cool and enduring grandma we all aspire to be. What started as simpler times with a mother in the kitchen turned into a lifelong passion for the unique matrimony of Indian flavours, Chinese cooking style and Malay spices, sprinkled with Portuguese, Dutch and British cuisine's influences. For decades now, her goal has been to put kristang cuisine on the map from the U.S. to running a supper club from the comforts of a home in Malaysia. Here is the story.
0: I am a Kristang, uh, you know, I belong to Kristang community. I'm a Eurasian mm-hmm. girl and yeah. therefore the food I cooked, or rather the food that I ate, was always what my mother cooked and that was Kristang food.
1: From from what I read, Christian cooking is influenced by Portuguese, Dutch and British cuisines. It's a mixture of like nyonya-like dishes, Indian flavours, Chinese cooking style and Malay spices. Can you tell us what exactly are Kristang cuisines in your own words?
0: Okay. Uh, you've said it all. The Christian cuisine is very mixed in the sense of it has both the, the nyonya, the Malay, the Chinese and the in Indian influence in the dishes, you know, but I find that our our kristang food is unique in that sense that, you know, it has a, a different flavor to the other kind of cuisines. We use quite a bit of vinegar in our food mm-hmm. uh, and of course we have sambals and curries and all that, but the, uh, the, the stews and the uh, the, the non-spicy dishes would come from the Portuguese, and therefore that makes it very different in that sense. So I would say Christian cuisine is, is uh, unique in, in its own.
1: And I want to ask like, what was the culinary scene like when you first started, and how is it different compared to now that you're still um, cooking even though you are in your late 60s, and I feel like that's so cool? <laughs> Well, food has always been, um, how do I say,
0: uh, very, you know, imaginative, creative.
1: The oh, young people out, put
0: there, people, yeah, yeah. people out there come up with different kinds of uh, dishes, different mm-hmm. kinds of confusion, everything. Yeah. But I like to keep it the old-fashioned way. So for me, whether or not there are changes, there are, there are, it's creative or whatever different, for me, my kind of food will always be old-fashioned, the way I remember eating it from here.
1: Mm. And your cookbook, uh, Christian Family Cookbook, actually won the 2016 Gorman World Cookbook Awards for Best Book Written by a women Chef that year. How did this idea to write a cookbook come about?
0: I'm, I'm very proud, as you know, of my cookbook. Yeah.
1: That's
0: that's my mom carrying me, actually. So, yes. you know, I, I treasure this a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, the idea came about because my mother used to write all her recipes on little pieces of paper, you know, and stick mm-hmm. it all over the kitchen and everywhere. So when I got married, I kind of, uh, you know, took down all these recipes, you know, so that I could you know, carry on cooking it. And uh, as I grew older, of course, I cooked for my family, my grandchildren. And I've always had this this thought that how nice if my mother was around, I'm sure she would have loved to put all the yeah. recipes into a cookbook. Mm-hmm. And that gave me the idea of, of, of coming up with my own cookbook. And thanks to my daughters, uh, we, we, we came up with this this lovely family
1: cookbook. You used to work at a Majestic Hotel and you ran a restaurant called Melbar at the Mansion. I mean, actually not many chefs that I've heard of would have a hotel rename and rebrand a restaurant after them. What was the experience like for you? I must say it was amazing.
0: Mm. Really, really amazing. I really thank YTL for, you know, giving me that opportunity to work uh, in the Malacca Majestic, yeah. I mean, who I, I I think they thought who better than me, being Eurasian, being a Kristang, uh, you know, woman from Malacca, and to promote that cuisine in their little hotel, I think was the best thing ever for me because I was so proud to 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 actually you know be able to share my Kristang food with people, and the focus was as you as you know. Only on me. Melba at the mansion. So only serving yeah. my kind of kristang food. And yeah. your story. Yes, and my story, yeah.
1: And during your yeah. time there, you would take guests on actually a kristang culinary journey where the, uh, one of the experience is they would accompany you to the local markets to get the ingredients. Then you would cook for them back at the hotel. I think this is a very unique hotel restaurant experience. Um, could you tell us more about this whole experience?
0: Oh, yes. I I enjoy every minute of
1: that uh, market
0: trip, I would call it, because, you know, to take guests uh, who are not from here, not local guests, guests who are from overseas, and they they really get very excited going to the local market because there's so many things that they haven't seen before. Uh For instance, I'll just tell you, you know, when you take them to the chicken stall, you get Mm. all the chicken feet, you know, all standing up. Uh And to them, that is a very unique scene because they don't see chicken feet like that in their supermarkets or markets back then. And uh, also, they they kind of learn a lot about the local ingredients because I used to share with them, you know, a lot of our kind of spices, what I, I use in my kind of food and, and therefore it gave them that kind of, uh, it, they were interested and very, very happy to, to have that experience. And then after that, as you know, as you said, I would take them back to the hotel and there they would start with the cooking class and, you know, they get to actually see how uh, uh, a dish is done, you know, right before them. And, after that, they enjoy this for lunch, and so that whole experience is really something. I think that those who have um, taken, gone on that um, uh, market trip and that experience would never forget. I think they mm. they enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah,
1: that's that's so beautiful. And
0: and yeah. fast forward
1: to today, now you run a supper club called Dine with Mel. Um, tell us yeah. what does a supper club meal look like.
0: Well, it's a it's a home experience, home dining because um, you get to actually sit in my dining room yes. at my table. You get mm-hmm. me cooking, you get me cooking in the kitchen, and me serving you the dishes. So it's a whole different experience. You you can't get this out in a restaurant or anywhere else, you know. So I think it's really lovely that that uh, I. I'm able to do this and, and I'm happy about that.
1: And since your supper style, like you said, is very home, homey, right? Do you okay. ever encounter guests who compare your cooking to their family's home cooking? You know, funnily, no. Funnily, no, you know, because they kind of, uh, they kind
0: of enjoy what they eat when they come here because it's different, you know. Every yeah. family would have their own way of serving their mm. own kind of food so right. coming over to my place is is a different experience so no i've never had that kind of comparison or you know
1: or feedback or anything yeah everyone just enjoys just being in my home and i guess what you would call them is that they are very respectful of your cooking and your story and i mean ah, since <laughs> i guess yeah, yeah. And since 2018 to pre-pandemic 2020, um, Dying with Mel has kept you quite busy, seeing an average of three dinners a week. Here's a personal question, okay? How do you feel about people entering your private space?
0: Okay, um, I'm actually a people person. Mm -hmm. I I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy people. It can be anyone, you know? I I just love people. So it's not much of a problem having anyone in my home, but thankfully. Thank God that most of the people that come here are my my friends or recommended by friends or relatives, you know. So it's not like strangers walking in most of the time. No, there's always a group with somebody I know. Yeah, so I I, I don't mind it. I I really enjoy and I'm able to share whatever I feel and whatever I want to say in my home to those who have come here.
1: And I know we have been in and out of lockdowns in close to two years. How has this pandemic affected um, Dying with Mel in any way? Well, yes, I had to stop, of course, getting yeah. my, my guests in for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, I, I, I always thank God because uh, my takeaway orders have been really good. You know, somehow or other, I've had people ordering word of mouth again, recommended by others who enjoyed my food. So it has been ongoing.
1: I don't feel the MCO had, had any not so nice effect on me because... Other really, than have not having them over at your house, right? They still to yes. experience the yes. food yes. with the rise of like, taking away and ordering online.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I enjoy cooking, so it keeps me busy, you know, mm. and uh, of course, take away um, uh, orders are a little bit more, uh, you, you know, it keeps me more busy because I've got to do packing and all by myself. Mm-hmm. So that takes uh, quite a lot of my time, then marketing and, and everything else. So, yeah, but it's fun. It's been fun.
1: That was Melba, you're listening to Foodie Canteen. When we come back, Melba reaffirms the truth behind the old saying, sharing is caring. She also drops her recommendations for great beginner-friendly Kristang dishes that are sure to make you the talk of the family dinner this holiday season. This show is supported by Good Foodie Media. For foodie who wants to connect to the world through food, that's where you go. Penang Foodie, KL Foodie, Johor Foodie, Halal Foodie, Singapore Foodie and Bangkok Foodie on Instagram. They curate the best spots to eat and drink in these cities. You've been spreading awareness of Christian Cuisine for decades now and presently you also have added social media to your arsenal quite, with quite a significant of, um, online presence. What was the biggest challenge you faced, um, quote-unquote, like going digital? Oh, <laughs>
0: that's, uh, I, that's,
1: uh, our listeners have to look at the face. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> That's a very tough question because mm-hmm. honestly, I'm not computer savvy, not mm-hmm. much. I, I know basics only, mm-hmm. but I have got a very good manager who yeah. manages me and who helps me out with uh, uh, advertisements, promotions yeah. and whatever else there is to do. Yeah, but for me personally, oh, no way. I still have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot to learn. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And what's your goal with Dine with Mel?
0: Well, I hope to go on, but I am looking into a collaboration, doing mm-hmm. some kind of collaboration with maybe restaurants, with other chefs next year. Yeah. So hopefully that will work out. And uh, I'll still carry on with uh, my Dine with Mel. It, it, if it comes to that, and also yeah. my takeaways. Because some mm-hmm. some people prefer to just order, you know. They, they don't want to come in, but they can always order yeah, and take away, yeah.
1: Let's go back to a bit to Christian cuisine. What do you think is the secret ingredient to Christian cuisine?
0: Oh dear, there's no secret to any, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know about other chefs or other cooks, I can't speak for them, but... Mm-hmm for me it's always about putting my heart and my soul into cooking you know when you have when you don't mind the um, the the work involved you know the the it takes a lot of preparation a lot of time if you enjoy all that and most of all you enjoy feeding people seeing the delight on their faces when they eat you know i think i think that's that's the best thing to, for me, you know?
1: Yeah, hard work and, like, hot work. yeah. yeah. And um, because I, I actually Googled it, like, what's the average retiring age for Malaysians? And then it was around, like, 58 to 60. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you are 68, 67 now. And most of us yeah. kids today, like, I hang out with my friends and we talk about, oh, we want to retire you when we are 35 and, like, travel the world. Oh. Um, what's your take on this? Like, why do you keep on doing what you do best? Um, even at this age where... Our mind, like this day and age of millennials, is like when I'm 68, I just want to chill and like maybe take care of my grandkids and <laughs> play mahjong or like travel the world with my friends, you know. But here you are, like yeah. doing dine with Mel and still working hard in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, well, I have five grandchildren and they are all yeah. away with mm-hmm. me, so uh, well, it keeps me going. I've always been active. I've always got myself involved in, uh, you know, in charitable uh, organizations and church work and all that. So I'm happy every day. I'm just looking forward to waking up and cooking, doing the things that I do, you know. And if it's not cooking, I do a little bit of gardening. I hang out with my, my friends. And yeah, it's just that I have this very happy and active uh, perception of, of cooking. So that keeps me going. I don't know when I'll stop i I hope not so soon because I am looking at the new year coming new year, you know hopefully with a, with better opportunities for me. so yeah, I'll keep going till then
1: and with that in mind, like what is the most important lesson you have learned in your life? Maybe not just in the kitchen but um as a uh, women we look up to and still thriving and like working hard in your at this age right now um, is there something you can share with our listeners
0: yes I think that the, the word sharing has a lot of meaning for me I love to share what I have with everyone and that includes right now the kind of food that I cook the Eurasian the Kristan cuisine I, I I'm so I'm just so happy and proud uh, to have been able to put all this down into a recipe book and to share it with everyone, and when I have people coming over, friends and all that, and they want to know how I do this or how I do that, I'm happy to share. Why not? Why? Why? Why do we have to be so uh, selfish in that sense? Sorry to use the word selfish, but why do we have to keep it to ourselves? Why not share it with everyone? You know. We we can't take it with us anyway later on, so might as well leave it around,
1: yeah, for others to enjoy, yeah. Yeah, and I think this applies in other parts of our life too, not just when it comes of to course. food. Not only with food,
0: yes, with everything else, yeah.
1: And finally, I want to ask you, what is an easy kristang dish you would recommend for beginners who's listening who'd like to try it out and make it at home for themselves?
0: Well, I think that, You know, of course, everything is easy if you like cooking, you know. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) Of course. No, that's very true. If you love cooking, you just go there and you will find that everything just falls into place Mm -hmm. because you you are happy doing it. Mm -hmm. If you don't like cooking, then, you know, everything is difficult. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I think that the the Eurasian, the Portuguese stew, chicken stew, or we cook it with luncheon meat. Um, that, that goes where I do it with condit meatballs, you know, so a variation of uh, uh different ingredients, different meats that can go into a stew, and it's got potatoes, carrots, uh, uh cabbage, you know, things like that. And and uh, we we also have this stew cooked in uh during Christmas time, it's a chicken macaroni pie, so stew would be an easy dish for. Uh, uh, young people, or even anyone out there who would like to try cooking a, a Eurasian dish.
1: You have just listened to Melba's story on Foodie Canteen. This show is produced by me, your host, Castle Lim, and written by Sulin Chang. Foodie Canteen podcast is made possible by the excellent team at Good Foodie Media. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook or also YouTube at Foodie Canteen for more. Follow us for brand new episodes every Friday.